Well, it's been a while, and I'm going to say a long while since we've had a rated R, and now it's not podcast anymore. It's the rated R sportscast. I had to change it because when I everybody said rated R podcast, the first thing they thought came to their mind was you know big tits and porn, and we're not about that. We're about <laughs> we're about half of that, not all of it. We do talk sports, but this is our Super Bowl extravaganza. This is the big show. I am Rudy Campos Jr., the rated R sports star. And for our Super Bowl show, I am glad to announce that we are joined by Giovanni, or Coach Gio, Rams lover, everything L.A. Rams. You can refer Mr. to me Gio. as Ambassador. If the Ram, <laughs> I like that. Jesus the Ram, The Rambassador himself, Mr. Gio. Welcome, Gio, to the Radar Sportscast. Well, thank you for having me on the show. And no uh, I know all you guys are all picking the Patriots, but that's okay I, though. I, we don't know. We're gonna get the predictions later. And also joining me tonight is one Mr. Austin Hartsfield from the Painting Corners podcast, which is by far the best baseball podcast around. They're doing a lot of off-season shows, uh, off-season shows. Yeah, basically going by team reviews and giving you information on the teams and their prospects. Austin, appreciate you joining, man. You know, you're doing a lot of great stuff on that Painting Corners podcast. Thanks, Bob. And every time I bet against the Patriots, I lose. So, I mean, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to bet against Tom Brady. But, you know, speaking of Tom Brady, we're going to get to him here in a little bit. I got the first thing I want to do is I want to head to the NFC. And what better way to ask this question than to start off with the Rambassador himself? We're going to discuss the Rams are obviously in the Super Bowl. But did they cheat their way into the Super Bowl? There was an obvious missed call that everybody saw. Even, uh, you know, Gio, you're going to have to help me on the guy who actually, you know, did commit the penalty. But he even admitted at the end of the game that it was a penalty. You know, he got there early. It was a blown assignment, stuff like that, yada, yada. But I know you're pretty much thinking, you know, everybody shut the F up. You know, it's already over. And I agree with you. But... Did that play in itself? And I want you to be honest. Be honest with me, Jill. That play itself, that took the Rams to the Super Bowl, didn't it? Uh, no, it didn't. I mean, listen, I'm going to completely agree that the call was missed. I mean, obviously, Roby Coleman, you know, he didn't want to be the guy that gave up a touchdown. So he basically just ran for his life. And he did commit the penalty. <clears throat> uh, but there were a lot of missed calls in that football game. There was a face mask call that was missed in the previous series that would have made first and goal and for the opportunity for the Rams to go up by four points. And on that same play as well, there was a illegal hands to the face to Aaron Donald that would have kind of offset both penalties. So, yeah. so listen, the Saints had every opportunity to win this football game. They got the ball in overtime and nobody wants to talk about Drew Brees throwing a pick. Nobody wants to talk about the Saints giving up two 13 point leads and the Rams had a tough time getting their plays. And I mean, I've never quite seen a place that loud where the offensive linemen have to huddle up together in the line to get plays in. So listen, I totally agree with you that the call was missed, but the Saints had every opportunity. They were at home with that crowd going. The Rams should have been blown out of there. But you know, I give the Rams a lot of credit for getting back. Yeah, but you say the Drew you want to talk about the Drew Brees interception, but you know, does that happen if that call's made? Because do you go into overtime? You you don't know, and nobody really does know. So for for you to say that the Drew Brees, well, no one will talk about Drew Brees' interception, does that play even happen if that call is made correctly on the pass interference? 
we don't know if <laughs> even if they get that call, they might miss the field goal like the Bears did. I mean, nothing is guaranteed. Obviously, the play was against the you know for the Rams, uh, but we're not a hundred percent certain that they would have kicked the field goal and made the field goal, and the Rams could have also came back and kicked another field goal as well. So listen, I totally agree. The call was missed, but to say that one call decides the entire football game, I just find that hard to believe. Well, I mean, it's it's a pretty big call, and I'm not I'm not defending the Rams. I'm not defending the Saints. I don't really give a shit about either team, to be honest with you. My team was out back in week two, so I don't really care about the Super Bowl. But, you know, that call, I mean, it was a huge call. And you're right. I mean, we don't know what could have happened. We really don't know. It could have been, you know, the Saints win the game. It could still could have gone to overtime maybe. We really don't know. It could have been a missed field goal given the Rams, you know, another chance to actually win the game in regulation. We don't know. But, you know, Austin – same question, man, because you're you're a person outside of the box as well. You know, you being a Colts fan, did that where do you think that call stands as far as the outcome of the game? Well, when, all right, so we have to think about it in two ways, you know, and me coming from like a little bit of a baseball background. Anytime that you have human input, there's going to be room for error. And Knowing that and coming with it into the game, you can't blame the Rams for being in the Super Bowl at this point. Obviously, it might change it a little bit. You know, it has it has an effect on the game. But again, nothing's guaranteed. And let's let's face it, the Saints didn't look good pretty much most of the game. So it's not only their fault, but it's also the referee's fault. But you can't put all the blame on one person. Yeah, yeah, that is true. That is very, very true. Again, it's a call that we don't even know. You know, if it's made, does it the outcome? Does it does it mess up the outcome of the game? We don't know. I mean, all we really don't know. So, it's a call that people have to live with. People in New Orleans have to live with it. We do have a Saints fan, uh, Brenda Lee. She's a huge Saints fan, and I probably have never seen so many f bombs dropped in uh, one night by a woman that wasn't drunk. And there was a lot of F-bombs for sure. So here's a question, right? Have you ever had a <laughs> fan reaction from a city that it's still lingering a week later? That sounds like a fan base that doesn't sound like that they're going to get back there. Man, that's a that's an awesome question. And, Ooh, and I'm trying to think if there's even been a time like that. To add something there, Rudy, I mean, there's been a ton of plays throughout the years that have been controversial. Obviously, the tuck rule is Calvin you know, Johnson. Yeah, Calvin Johnson, and even in 2001, the Miami Hur- no, I think it was 2002, Miami Hurricanes versus Ohio State. They called the play dead in overtime, and then they throw that late flag for pass interference that causes a uh, opportunity for the uh, for the Buckeyes to win that game. So there there's been go. so many calls, and for the Saints to be on this for almost two weeks, I don't know, man. It's- okay. You know, we're going to – okay, I was going to move on with this, but that, that brought up a great point. I like what y'all are talking about here. You brought up the Calvin Johnson catch. Now, that has no effect on Super Bowl at all. Now, you talk about um, – let's talk about the uh, Des Bryant catch. That just means you move on to the next round in the playoffs. All of these calls outside of the Brady-Tuck rule have never affected the – you know, the uh, the chance to play in a Super Bowl. So this is like similar to the Brady Tuck role. Yeah, sure. And there was also the controversy of the Kings and Lakers with what, 26 foul calls in one quarter. 
I mean, there, oh, there's yeah. a lot of yeah. strange. The Kings, the Kings could have won Game Seven. So I mean, let's let's get off of that one real quick. Well, there you uh, go. Yeah, that and is true. Think about the Tuck Rule. Team to this day never got back. Yeah, right. They never have. It's that might that might be one of those like you just said. It's a city that lives on you know a past call because that tuck roll is still talked about to this day. I mean, ask it, Yeah, it's definitely talked about. So, um, yeah, moving on from that call because I know that's a very controversial call and it did happen unfortunately. And you know what? Hey, the Rams benefited. You you don't apologize for winning. So the Patriots. Now we're going to talk a little bit about the Patriots. Uh, again, this is Rudy Campos Jr. with the Radar Sportscast, joined by Gio and Austin. Are the Patriots for real? Austin, I'm going to start with you. When I mean are the Patriots real, they've had a really rough season this time. But they they have beaten teams that are, let's call them juggernauts of the AFC. They beat the Chargers. They beat the Chiefs twice. Are they for real? Are they going to come out in the Super Bowl and just basically say, you know what? We respect you, but we're going to beat the shit out of you. That's what they do. I mean, let's think about it. They're the greatest coach in football history. You have the GOAT, in my opinion. I don't even think it's close. I don't even know why this is even a discussion. The fact that this guy is going on as many Super Bowls as he has and has a chance to win number six, which is more than most of the NFL has by themselves. This Patriots team's for real. Like, I think we just need to get over that. Anybody that puts that little wacky looking man on their helmet is going to wind up being a contributor to a game. And the emergence of Sonny Michelle has just absolutely just opened the door for Tom to do things that he's only done in the past. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Brady is still getting it done with, you know, the likes of Edelman, with the likes of Gronkowski, who even I think, I don't know why. Dorsett. Yeah, even Dorsett. But even look. With Gronkowski, Gronkowski is not the same player he once was. This season has been a pretty rough one for Gronk. So uh, we don't even know if he's going to be going to be in a Patriots uniform starting next season. We don't know that. But, you know, Gio, uh, I know you don't like talking about the Patriots because they're going against your Rams. But uh, same question to you, man. Patriots, are they real? I mean, are they going to really come out and show the Rams and the NFL why they are the Patriots? Well, I mean... They're a great team. I'm going to take nothing away from them. What they did this season was very impressive to beat a Chargers team to go on the road to Kansas City and take care of business there. Um, obviously, it's going to be a tough challenge for the Rams. I mean, the Patriots present so many challenges offensively because they can run the football. They can also pass the football as well. And Tom Brady gets that football out extremely fast. So, I mean, the Patriots – the Rams are coming in and, and potentially hoping to stop the run, hoping to stop the pass. But uh, the one thing I'm very concerned with is the running of the football because if the Patriots run the football like they've been doing, to be honest with you, I don't think the Rams can hold up. Uh, they're going to have to put up a lot of points, yeah. uh, kind of get some turnover. So I'm hoping, obviously, the Rams will win this football game. But what the Patriots do very, very well and kind of adapting to a game and also uh, making adjustments uh, – the number one thing for me is stop the run because if the Patriots get that going, uh, it's going to be a long night for the Rams. Yeah, true that, true that. And you know, speaking of Brady, because we both we were talking about Brady a second ago, there there really isn't, in my opinion. I, I mean, I will give you, I will give you a small, 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 minute debate 
with Brady being the GOAT against the likes of a Joe Montana or someone like that. But I don't think there is anybody out there who is better than Brady. And I'm even talking like when I ask the question, is Brady the GOAT? I'm talking the over, the overall GOAT in the NFL, not just a QB. I'm talking overall GOAT, the greatest player to ever play this game is what I'm talking about. I, I know on the quarterback side, he's the GOAT on the quarterback side. There's no doubt in my mind. But is he the absolute greatest player of all time? Is he the Jordan of football? Now, what do you guys think? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, Gio, let me get you on this one first. Is he the absolute GOAT in the game of football? No. I just think when you kind of put this whole package together, listen, he's a great player. He's won a ton of Super Bowls. Um, you know, his stats kind of speak for themselves. But looking back and kind of, you know, doing my research over the years, I'm going to give a guy an opportunity here to give kind of bring up his name that maybe is brought up in light from time to time. But I think Lawrence Taylor and what he did winning an MVP as yep. a defensive player. And, I mean, I, I believe he's an eight- or nine-time all I mean, he made the left tackle famous. And he also made pass rushers very, very famous as well because you wanted to get a Lawrence Stiller. You wanted to get a Derek Thomas, Charles Haley, you know, all those guys. So, to me, as great as Tom Brady is, Lawrence Taylor put the fear of God in people. So I'm going to give the edge, and I understand it's not maybe a sexy pick, uh, but I'm going to go with a Lawrence Taylor just to kind of throw like a, a different outlook. But Tom's great, but Lawrence Taylor, man, I, I've seen some of his videos, and man, that was a bad man. Well, I mean, yeah, Lawrence Taylor's a bad man, but where, I mean, can you really rank Lawrence Taylor above Tom Brady as far as I think overall, it's closer than people think. How close is it, Austin? I mean, I, really, how close is it? So, so if Tom didn't have the longevity that he did, I think that we would be talking about Lawrence Taylor still being the greatest of all time. But the fact that Tom is doing this at the age that he is and doing it for as long as he is, and mind you, in Super Bowls, okay, let's think about this. In his last mm -hmm. six Super Bowls, he's increased passing yardage in every single one of them. Mm -hmm. started, let's start at 2004. 236. A couple years later, 2007, 266, 276, 328, 466, 505. The man threw for 505 past the age of 40 last year against an Eagles defense that was touted, mind you, that was touted that they were the underdogs. Tom Brady is the greatest player of all time because he did it in the biggest stages possible and continues to do it to this day. But Lawrence Taylor is literally right behind him. If it wasn't for the longevity that Brady has, LT would still be the greatest of all time. That is true. That is true. And I mean, I'm going to run down a few stats for Brady. Uh, if one of you guys can look up Taylor's stats on Wikipedia, that'd be fine. If I can get it too. But I mean, we're talking a five-time Super Bowl champ, four-time Super Bowl MVP, nine-time AFC champion, three-time NFL Most Valuable Player, 14-time Pro Bowler, Three-time first-team All-Pro, two-time second-team All-Pro. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And, I mean, you're also talking about two-time NFL Offensive Player of the Year. You know, that, compared to the Lawrence Taylor, yeah, I, I think it's closer, like you said, than what most people think. But I think the edge goes to Brady, and it's because of what you said. It's his age. I mean, 
the the guy was written off at the beginning of this season when the when the Patriots are slow. And a lot of people say it's it's typical. It's just like the Spurs. You know, the Spurs always start off slow, and then they're right there in the end. And it's the same thing with the Patriots. I get that. But people were really writing off Brady because he didn't look the way he used to in past seasons. But this season just proves that everybody that father time has not caught up to Tom Brady yet. So, I mean, yeah, you're right. I, I think he is the GOAT. I think Lawrence Taylor is the greatest defensive player of all time. Um, but if you put one and two together, I'm taking Tom Brady over Lawrence Taylor. Not by a not by a long shot at all. It's it's by a smidge, but I mean you don't see stats like that. And you know what? I'm even gonna say it like this. This is stats that if you look at it, how close are these stats compared to Jordan's stats? That's another thing that you could bring up and, and they were talking about it today. But do you know who the best person to ask this question is? Who's that? It's the guy that coached them both. Why not? Why don't you ask Bill Belichick? I believe Bill's been asked this question before, and he said Tom himself. You're right. He did coach Taylor. I for, I completely forgot under Parcells. Well, Bill he said did coach him. In the, in the press conference that he was the best player he's ever coached. I mean, so. Yeah. I, you know, this is a, this is the kind of, and this is what we're having the Super Bowl show for, because we're talking, you know, Super Bowl stuff here. And this is the kind of stuff that I think that if we can get more, uh, more interaction with our fans who are listening um, to the podcast. I mean, that would be a great question. If you put Brady and Taylor side by side, who's the GOAT? I know a majority are going to say Brady because, let's be honest, majority of people that are listening to podcast stuff are more now. I mean, I don't like to use the word millennial, but they're more now than they were back then. No one, Not a lot of people didn't really have a lot of chance to see Lawrence Taylor play like like some of us did. Monster. So, yeah, I mean, he was an absolute beast, and he was from the University he, of North Carolina. He That's did what J.J. Watt did his first couple of years, his entire career. Yeah. yeah. He, he's an eight-time first-team All-Pro first <laughs> in the league. I mean, that was that's pretty impressive. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Taylor's stats, I mean, are not – they're not. I'm not saying they're not comparable to Brady's outside of the titles. I mean, they're not comparable to Brady's. Um, they, they are. They're really comparable. So I'm not saying they're not. But, you know, I would love to see that kind of poll being made and see what who is the real GOAT. Because everybody, when they say Tom Brady's the the GOAT, all I ever hear is, well, you know, Joe Montana, this and that. I'm like, no, no, I don't give a rat's ass about quarterback. I give a rat's ass about GOAT. When I talk about Jordan being the GOAT in the NBA, I'm not saying Jordan is the GOAT of the NBA at two guard. No. I'm talking greatest basketball player of all time. So that goes up against Kareem. That goes up against, you know, Bill Russell. That goes up against anybody. And I still debate myself. I debate Jordan being the greatest of all time, not with LeBron. LeBron can really just kiss my ass. He's playing he's playing in the biggest pussy league of the NBA that there is because this league is so soft right now that I, I really don't have a good taste in my mouth for this NBA. Jordan played it in the time where – Scoring was a lot tougher. When I compare Jordan, I compare Jordan to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Those two guys' stats are pretty much evenly matched. And if there's any other player outside of Jordan that can go can give him a run for his money, it's not LeBron. It's Jabbar. I mean, let's be honest. It's between Jabbar and Jordan. You can throw Bill Russell for eight straight titles. That's fine. 
Um, you can even throw Chamberlain for the numbers that he put up, but it's always going to come down to Jabbar and Jordan. So, yeah, I mean, I, I love this debate about the Brady talk, but you know, getting into this next, the next talk is kind of a good segue because we're talking Bill Belichick as probably being the greatest or one of the greatest coaches in NFL history. Not close. Well, it, we'll we'll put it in this era. We'll put him in the best, greatest coach of this era. Um. Is McVeigh on the way? Is he, you know, he's got he's got the youth, obviously. He's got a great team around him. Can he start putting up these, you know, dynasty numbers that Belichick was able to do? Belichick, I think, is doing it with a lot less than what McVeigh has. But I don't know. I mean, Austin, do you think McVeigh's the new Belichick? Um I will need more than one Super Bowl appearance to even remotely say that just because you're putting him in, him in a huge company. Oh, yeah. You got to remind this is the greatest coach in sports. I mean, the most dominant coach in sports really since Wooden and Narbrock, if we really want to think about it. I mean, guys that just absolutely dominated what they did. McVay, McVay is is the new hot thing, you know, it's, he's been great his past two years and I think he's well on his way to being a well, really well respected coach. I think he already is at this point and as being as young as he is, he can do it for a very long time. So I think he's on his way. Uh, but I think we kind of need to slow it down on that just cause I mean, I think it's unfair, unfair to Sean McVay. Yeah, no, no, that's, I get that part. And where I guess where I'm leading with the question more is, is he on his way? Like is if he gets another Super Bowl appearance, if he gets, you know, consistent playoff appearances. Does that start to get his, you know, his engine rolling, the wheels turning to where you're thinking, God, this guy is as brilliant as Bill. I I think I agree with you. I mean, it's going to take more than one Super Bowl visit to get that kind of, you know, credit, uh, credibility. But I think he's actually on a good path. I mean, absolutely. There's the, you've it's kind of weird. You see the coaching trend going McVay's way. Look what they did in Arizona. You're hiring, you know, Cliff Kingsbury to be your head coach when honestly, I mean, Cliff Kingsbury didn't have, he didn't do really jack shit when it came to like Texas Tech or anything. He's a loser. I mean, well, yeah, you just said it. He's a loser. And I mean, that it would make more sense if Arizona hired Art Bryles before Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, you're, you've got other guys out there that deserve a coaching spot. But because of what McVay's doing in L.A., everybody wants to hit that new coaching trend. And we're going to go younger. We're going to go this way. We're going to go that way. And, you know, hey, Gio, your your boy is the coach in, you know, for your team and the Rams. Is McVay on the way to being, you know, Billy? Um, you know, it's it's still very early to tell. You know, I think it's very premature. And like Austin said, it's not really fair for Sean. Uh, you know, it's still very early. Is he on his way up? I mean, it sure looks that way. Um, you know, they're definitely, you know, have some guys there that they still have to pay. Uh, you know, the NFL, you know, people are getting paid more every single year. So, you know, and also injuries as well. The Rams have, have been pretty lucky this year on injuries. I mean, if you look at some other teams – you know, they've got a ton of injuries, uh, but he's definitely on his way. Uh, but he definitely needs a few more Super Bowls uh, to be even kind of mentioned in that same light. Uh, but to, for him to be doing what he's doing at this age in two years to, to, to take a team that wasn't in the playoffs for 14 years. I mean, it's pretty remarkable. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I guarantee. I I get what y'all are saying. That's that's perfectly fine. You know, I I guess before we get into the over and under for the games, because that's what a lot of people love to listen to. Try to get in on that. Um, one last thing, man. Todd Gurley's been he's been a real a real fucking pimple on my ass these past couple of weeks and these past couple of games because what did he have like fifty yards rushing in one game and you know he's had like seventy yards rushing. I mean, he's had shitty numbers numbers you don't expect from uh your you know an mvp caliber type player i've heard he's injured i'm gonna go with the injury but you know the question that i kept thinking to myself is he really injured or is he just playing like a little bitch because i mean i don't see anderson having any fucking problem running you know the ball and getting yardage where Gurley is you know he's not a power back like anderson but Gurley still has that explosive to where, you know, I was I wouldn't expect to see Anderson putting up these fucking Gurley numbers. So, you know, Gio, is it? I mean, I, I know you're gonna say he's injured. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not even gonna think you're gonna say he's playing like a bitch. But uh, what injuries are bothering him? If, it, if even if it is an injury, I don't, it, he doesn't seem right to me. You know, in that in that Saints game, you know, he drops a pass. You know, he's mm-hmm. missing blocks. Um, and I just don't think he's really out there kind of playing fully. I, I, I believe he's hurt. Um, something's going on ever since uh, – I forgot what game it was, but he just hasn't been the same. And that's why the Rams got, you know, C.J. Anderson to kind of help us. And, you know, he did play well in that Dallas game. He had over 100 yards. Um, but for a running back, you can always have kind of like those flashes. But Todd Gurley, you know, ever since the Saints game, just he doesn't seem right. And I think the knee issue has been bothering him, obviously, for several weeks. He did play very well against the Cowboys, but for running back, sometimes you do see the flashes. But uh, in the biggest game, he has to come up big. I you know I don't care if he's you know has a lingering energy. You have to play hard, and um, because he's always going to remember this game. So I definitely believe he's hurt. Um, so I'm just hoping he comes to play, man. Because if he doesn't come to play, uh, you know C.J. Anderson, who was basically working at Chipotle a few weeks ago. <laughs> is that, you know, pounding the rock. So yeah, we can see. Yeah, that's true. And you know, I, we're talking Super Bowl on the Super Bowl show, but I, I've got Austin in here and something has really, really been on my mind. I haven't been on the, I haven't been doing shows lately, you know, had a lot of stuff going on, but finally I get Austin on here and I've got a Colts question because, you know, surprisingly the Colts are my Super Bowl pick two years from now i'm calling yeah. it right now well, yeah it right now that's what happens when you're in a joke of a division with a fake team down uh down south so yeah no no i'm i i've, I've got the colts winning the super bowl in two years i don't have them winning next year but what what are you the get settled man exactly also my question is you've got an andrew luck who pretty much just defied all the odds against him this season uh you've got a blue collar team right in front of you Am I right? Am I right to say that they are a Le'Veon Bell, and I'm I'm talking the offensive side. They are a Le'Veon Bell and a wide receiver, average wide receiver away from being the best offensive team in the league. Um, I think that's going to be very hard. Just the way the way that the Rams play offense and the way that Kansas City plays offense, it's more up tempo. It's not really how we play how the Colts play football anymore. You know, it's not the Andrew Luck of five years ago, if we want to talk about that. 
But I think that this team could be very explosive. I mean, we saw what Marlon Mack did, and Marlon Mack is a quarter of the athlete that Le'Veon Bell is. You get a guy like Nikhil Harry in here, or even like an A.J. Brown uh, with one of our two second-round picks this year to go with the first-round pick, too. Mm-hmm. And I think that this team could be really explosive. I also think we need one more offensive lineman just to kind of shore it up. Uh, I, as much as I love Braden Smith, and I mean, he's he was an all-rookie team this year. Also, Quentin Nelson is phenomenal. Ryan Kelly's been great. Uh, we signed Glowinski, but I just want one more depth guy in there. I mean, I don't really trust Anthony Costanzo all that much, but uh, I need a not so much a vertical threat. I need a body threat at wide receiver. I need somebody to be taller than 6'3", because the Colts haven't had that in a very, very long time. Yeah, no, I, I and that's why I wanted to ask you, being that you follow the Colts, you know, very close, I... I, I don't know why I think Le'Veon's going to actually sign there. I think that's one team that he's got really high on his list right now. Um, you know, you still got Hilton. You know, you still got a good receiving core. I think the line needs a little bit more work, just a tad bit more. But I was really it's surprised to see. Right. Yeah. And I was really surprised to see them, you know, I was really surprised to see them play and keep Andrew, you know, in the pocket longer, stuff like that. I mean, it was it was an amazing feat for me to see that because I expected nothing from that offensive line, like well, we, absolutely nothing. Well, we talk about Brady and everything, you know, how quickly he gets the ball out. Andrew did the exact same thing this year. They took a little page out of Bill Belichick's book. You know, they made play designs, pick plays, everything to get the ball out of Andrew's, out of ball, ball out of Andrew's hands pretty fast. And I think that's something that Houston's going to have to do here pretty soon. Because, number one, their offensive line blows. Number two, they have an average quarterback at best. And uh, they need to not let him hold the ball so that he gets injured. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So, I'm I'm taking the Colts in two years as the Super Bowl champs. I, I really believe that. And I'm basing that decision. And, of course, I have every right to change my decision. But um, if they get Le'Veon Bell, then I, I think I'm going to pick them in two years to be – Representing the AFC in the Super Bowl and to win the Super Bowl. So, yeah, that's my pick for, you know, 20, what, 2021, 2022, something like that? 21. So, yeah, we're good on that. But, you know, we're we're going to get into some over and under for the Super Bowls. Everybody loves these here. If you've got any over and under that are in your head and you want to ask us, uh, goes for you, Austin, goes for you, Geo, ask away. But what I've got right now, and I'm trying to see if Geo's in here. Geo, are you in here still? If not, you know, I think he's on a break real quick. But uh, I'm here. Yeah, Gio's, okay, Gio's in. So we're just going to go over and under again. If y'all have got a book, we either one of you have a question to ask on the over and under, go for it. I'm sure a lot of people love this kind of thing. But we're going to start off Tom Brady. Over or under two touchdowns. Whew. Uh, I, think, I think it's over. I mean, he's only not gone over it. I mean, no times since 2010. So I think that's a pretty easy one. I don't think that Rams secondary is very good if we're being completely honest. So, I mean, I think mm-hmm. Tom us kind of dicing them up will be, uh, I think that's how that's going to go. So I would take the over pretty easily, actually. Cool. Jill, what do you got? Uh, I'm going to take the over as well. I, I think, um, I think it's going to be a high scoring game. So right, right. he's going to let himself, though. I, I do think a keep to lead, uh, and Marcus Peters will probably play their best game in the year, but I still think it'll be definitely be the over. Yeah, Marcus Peters has been trash, but yeah, I, I guess I'll. Well, go you know, ever that. since Keep has come back, he's actually 
fairly. Uh, yeah, because he's not a number one. Yeah, exactly. He's got you know, you know, he's not exposed. I get very upset with him because he 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 guesses just way too much and he's clueing a lot. And uh, exactly what he did in KC though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, for some reason I don't know what it seemed to work better over there. He had Eric Berry behind him. Yeah, see, Marcus Peters needs that that sidekick to help him and to cover up the reason why he's crap. I well, mean, that's, if he plays straight up, he he has the athletic ability to not have to guess. So it's just very confusing. But anyway, I'm yeah. Not, so. <laughs> All right, Gronk over or under one touchdown. Uh, oof. And I go because the Rams defense is pretty. I, it's it's pretty good. You know, they've got a good, you know, what like I said, the cornerback situation is really good. I think the linebacking core is good enough. I, I think they might hold Gronk. And I'm going to, as far as the Brady goes, I go over with you guys. But on the Gronk one, I'm going to say it's under. I don't think he's Yeah, I think it's under because I think that Belichick is going to scheme to the point where uh, Gronk stays on the line a lot just to keep the pass rush, even though Tom gets the, gets the ball out so quick, just having one extra guy out there blocking. Yeah, you can't. You cannot. You, having that extra guy, like you said, like Gronk, to at least tie up a Donald or a Sue for a little bit longer benefits the Patriots a lot more than it does him scoring a touchdown. And he's a decoy out there half the time anyway. <laughs> true, true that. Geo, Gronk, one touchdown. I'm going to take the under on this. Uh, you know, he seems like a broken man. I mean,. <laughs> He just seems to be just kind of fading into the sunset. And uh, though I do think the Rams have struggled against tight ends, but I think they'll kind of keep him in check. But I'm going to go with the under here. Yeah, I think we all agreed on the first two. We all are agreement. Sony Michelle, this is going to be a good one here because I don't know what it is, but I'm taking the over. <laughs> well, Sony Michelle's a good one because you've got, you know, Rex Burkhead back and he's a, he's a vulture in his own right, in his own way. But I'm taking Sony Michelle two touchdowns over or under. God damn, it's the Super Bowl. I thought it was gonna be like one and a half. No, I'm gonna give you two on this one. I was thinking one and a half, but I like two. Uh I think Sonny Michelle will put up the best performance from a Georgia running back in this game. Ooh. And but I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say he gets one and has probably like a buck ten. Not bad. Not bad, Gio. I'm taking the under, and I don't think he's going to have a great game. Not at all. You don't think so? No. You don't. Think you don't think he's going to be the best Georgia running back in this game? No, I, I think Todd Gurley. <laughs> I think Wade Phillips. Uh, I think they're going to be poised on stopping the run. They may not get to Tom Brady and you know a ton, but I think they're going to be well focused on that running game and hoped that their secondary can. Uh, do something. All right. I'm going to surprise the show. That's how you off. lose Super Bowls. <laughs> <laughs> I I got Sony Michelle. I'm going to say I'm going to just take two touchdowns. Can't go over. Can't go under. He's going to get his two touchdowns. And I'm going to go out on a limb here. And this is I'm going to do my Super Bowl MVP right here. Sony Michelle is going to be your Super Bowl MVP. Two touchdowns for a buck and a half. And he's going to probably catch... Two passes for about 30, I think. So, Sony yeah. Michelle, I'm giving you my MVP right now. Is it Sony yeah. Michelle? We already know who you're picking then for the Super Bowl. Already. I, no, because it's I already, already told proven. you who I'm picking. Well, yeah, it's already, but it's been proven 
that there was a there was a guy that won the MVP in the Super Bowl on a losing team. It has happened before. So you do not know if I'm taking the Patriots. Now, Jared Goff, over under 250 yards passing. Oh, over. Over. I think Jared's actually going to play really well. It's just I think that the, the Rams running game is actually going to struggle for some reason. I don't know. I just have a hunch. I'm going to go uh, with the over. And, um, I mean, C.J. Anderson has played well against uh, the Patriots in the past. But mm. topic here, I definitely think he's going to go over. He's going to have to throw a lot. Yeah, I, I'm taking the over on the golf passing for 250. Gurley, over under 75 rushing yards. We, uh, if it was total yards from scrimmage, I would say yes. No, but rushing only, 75 rushing only. I think he winds up at like 71, so I think it's going to be close. <laughs> That's a hell of a guess, dude. What do you got, Gio? I'm taking the over on this. Uh, I'm pretty confident that he'll get the job done. Man, that's a tough one, dude. I'm, I am surprisingly gonna take the over, but I'm talking 77 yards, 78 yards. So you're I close. You're close yeah, on it. I'm gonna say close, but I'm gonna take the over by by barely. And we've got a uh, Aaron Donald over under one and a half sacks. Uh, under. I don't think that it's just so hard to get to Brady. It it's is. just it's just now, because he doesn't hold the ball long enough in order to get there. Now, if you told me like you know three and a half rushes, I would say yes. Yeah, but you got to remember too. I mean, he could have two or three sacks, but two of them are going to be penalties. Obviously, I mean, you don't touch Brady without getting a penalty or a flag thrown. That's that's an obvious one. Gio, what do you got? One and a half. Sacks for Aaron Donald. And I'm going to go with the over here. I think he can get one. I don't think he can get maybe two or three, but I just – his jump off is very, very incredible. And uh, I'm going to give him one at least, so I'm going to take the over on that. All right. Would Todd Gurley rest for more than 50 yards once in the past four games? Yeah, see, I'm, 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 I'm sketchy on the Gurley 75 rushing yards, but – I think in the Super Bowl, he's going to at least get, like I said, around 77, 78. But, hey, yeah, you know, he's been playing like first shit. Be 75 yards for all we know. Yeah, that, that's the <laughs> yeah. thing. It's just that's the thing about Super Bowl MVPs, too. Like, anybody could have a pick six or, you know, a yeah. strip sack or a big run, and all of a sudden they're in the race. Yeah, that is true. And, you know, get, let's go with another. We have two more left. This one, uh, over under, the Rams missed penalty calls. At two. What are we what are we calling this though? Well, I'm saying missed call missed penalty calls. I have them at two. Over under two for the Rams. In other words, are they gonna pass interference and the we're gonna have, you know, bird box again for the fucking I think, I think it might actually be reversed, honestly. Just because Tom Brady and Bill Belichick command this respect from referees. I mean, we've seen it in the past. I mm-hmm. think that Rams fans more than anybody will kind of feel like they're getting the karma side of it and feel like they're being punished for something that they had no control over of two weeks ago. All right. Well, you know, we'll go with the Patriots. And if we, I want to hear your cards on the Patriots. Yeah, I think it's over. <clears throat> Definitely over. Gio, what do you think, Gio? You want to take the Patriots or the Rams on that one? I mean, 
Just Pat's yeah. run all those pick plays that people seem to complain about and they think they're missed calls. It's like you can't call it every play. <laughs> yeah, and they run it a ton. There'll probably be – I get the feeling like what Austin said, that there's probably going to be calls that are probably going to favor more New England. I don't know. It's, it's Football yeah. is a weird game. It tends to come back around. Definitely, definitely. Now we got. I don't. I have not seen Vegas on this one, but I know it's a very popular one in Vegas. The national anthem. <laughs> I heard this one. I don't, oh, that's my favorite. Yeah, I don't this know what Vegas class. has. I don't have an idea what Vegas has. If you want to look up Vegas right now, real quick, go ahead. But I have the national anthem over under at two and a half minutes. I'm I'm taking the under. On this. I actually did some research. I'm gonna take the under. Yeah, under. I'm probably like I'm. I'm guessing Vegas is probably like a minute thirty nine ish. Hold on, hold on. I'll find out. Yeah, find out because I didn't look it up. I just took two and a half minutes. But uh, yeah, if if it's around a minute thirty nine or something, I want to hear y'all's answer on that because I, I think we're gonna get a two minute national anthem. Well, if if it was Fergie, it'd probably go over for sure. Oh, She's the worst, man. If it was Fergie, it'd be a five fucking minute national anthem. And it'd be a joke. Yeah. I mean you that. Singing it again well, this year? All-Star Game, right? Uh, Gladys, yeah, Knight. Had, Gladys Knight is doing it this year, I'm pretty sure. Uh, you know, I was listening to Mark Anthony had one from the Miami Heat. He actually did really good. Gladys Knight's doing it? It's going to take her two and a half minutes to get to the fucking stage. For <laughs> real. All right, let's find yeah. out. <laughs> How about if they had R. Kelly do it? <laughs> uh, pissing, pissing on the stage while doing it. <laughs> uh, I'm sure Joe liked that one. Oh, I'm sure he did. I'm sure he loved it. <laughs> I mean, we can say a minute and 35. Uh, I think it's to be around the 140 range. Yeah. 140. I'm probably like 145, so I mean... All right. Well, I'm going to time. I mean, I know everybody's going to time. I'm going to time this because I want to see it. I'll do the 145 with you. We'll see if it goes 145 on it now. Last couple of seconds. Uh, the National Anthem is set at 147. 147. So we we all said about 145. So I guess we're taking the under on, on, on that. Gladys better sing her fucking tits off. That's all I if know. You're, if you're somebody doing the National Anthem, you have to have money on this. <laughs> Like I feel like I that's that's how you yeah. can make so much money. Just yeah, like, just I, I like know, have your phone go off in your pocket or something. <laughs> but it, you know, you you practice it, and it takes you a minute and a half to do it on practice. You know, testing and all that. When you actually get on the stage, it's like you want to be a little bit better. So that minute and a half turns into a minute and fifty minute, you know, minute and fifty seconds. I always, I always get real nervous. Like once it's like in the home stretch, right, and it's really close, and then they the, go uh, to the free part. I'm like, don't make the free too long. Just get yeah. to the brave. Yeah, and you know, we can, we can blame, you know, Whitney Houston for all this shit on the national anthem because now everyone's trying to top Whitney. And she's still kicking everyone's ass from the grave when it comes to the national anthem. Nobody's going to top. Whitney average Houston. time of the last thirteen national anthems is a minute and fifteen seconds. Hmm. No, there's no way it's going to be one minute. No and 15 seconds. Is she, she's the empress of soul, which means she's going to take so long to get off the goddamn stage. So. Oh, I know. I know. I. 
I'm thinking that it's going to take a full quarter for her just to get to the stage anthem and off the stage. So here's the history. Here's the last few. Okay. All right. Let's see. Pink last year was 153. Uh, Ratchet ass Luke Bryan was 204. Lady Gaga was 209 and her non-talented going to win an Oscar piece of shit ass. Uh, Adina. Yeah, I'm so mad about that movie, but that's another topic. Adina Menzel, uh, 204. <clears throat> so roughly about two minutes have been pretty popular over the past couple of anthems. If now, you go under, it's plus money. <clears throat> I wonder, and now, you know, I've got some people in Vegas right now, and I'm wondering if I should take that under on it. I mean, it's so tempting because Gladys Knight is not Lady Gaga and Luke Bryant. You know, I think she wants to hurry up, do the anthem, Get home and get to bed because her bedtime is probably like seven. If I'm singing the national anthem, I'm taking as long as possible. Like the entire nation is looking at me for two minutes. Okay, I guess we'll look at this way: the national anthem. Would the national? If you do the national anthem, and I'll give you my take first. If they say, Rudy, you're going to do the national anthem at the Super Bowl. All right, cool. How much time do I have? It's up to you. Just make it a good performance. Am I going to make it as long as the best shit that I've taken in the rest? You know, in the restroom. And I mean, I'm talking, I've had some really long drawn out shits that are fantastic. If, if I'm singing, I'm going to start out with the word, oh, and I'm going to do it for at least 10 seconds just to piss every single under better off ever in the history of the world. Could you go five minutes on the national anthem? Uh, I think I could do like four minutes. It's pretty hard. To do five minutes. On four minutes. You know what? All right, we're going to I'm going to I'm going to do something here right now because in honor of the Super Bowl, we're going to see I'm going to see if I can get Austin to do a 4-minute <laughs> national anthem and I will make a donation to his charity in his on his behalf if I can get Austin do, to do a 4-minute national anthem. On we got to do on it the right radar now? sportscast. No, 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 not right now, not right now. Okay, okay, okay. No, 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 no. I want you to prepare this. I got to practice, I, bro. I need. I want to do, and I'll, I'll do like a fifty dollar, maybe hundred dollar donation uh, to a charity for Austin. But we're gonna, we're gonna do that. We're gonna promote the shit out of this because I want to see if you can do a four minute national. Now, are we gonna give you four oh four, four oh five, or three fifty five? We'll, we'll give you like a. Maybe like a five, ten second, you know, you know, run off or run down. Do somewhere. I gotta like do it like <clears throat> on the money? Yeah, that's what we're saying. Four minutes, but I'm gonna give you between three fifty to four ten. Okay, I'm gonna give you a ten second window both sides, but but we're gonna call it a four minute. I want to see if it's possible to do a four minute national anthem. Without just saying fuck it, I, we gotta I can't we gotta this. clip this. We gotta clip this and promote the shit out of it. Oh yeah, yeah. This, this I'm gonna ball cool. out. Joe Joe is definitely this is being you know this is definitely recorded. So this is definitely gonna be clipped. This is definitely gonna happen. Um, we're gonna get Austin to do a four minute national anthem, and you know because it's Super Bowl weekend, I would say let's do it this weekend. But we're gonna do it this weekend. Obviously, we're gonna shoot for. You know what? You're gonna you're gonna embrace us with that beautiful voice of yours for four minutes to open the MLB season. It sounds good. It sounds because good. Uh, question. What's up? Question. Can I have Colton in the background banging symbols together? Yes. Just, 
Yes. Like he needs to be on too. Like I feel like he needs to be a part of this because he's kind of my partner in crime when it comes to stupid bets at this point. Do yes. it. Just um, like yes. Can yes. you see? And then it's just like just like that symbol. Yes. You you can have you can have whoever the fuck you want in the background. You, if you want to bring on you know a uh, a church choir, I don't care. It's got to go four minutes though. It's a four minute national anthem. So that's definitely what we're shooting and. We're gonna, you're gonna embrace us with that. Like I said, that and and helic voice of yours. I'm gonna wear hammer pants too. To, you so do whatever you want, but this is gonna, you're gonna do it to open the MLB season on behalf of the Radar Sportscast, Two Shots Network, and the Painting Corners Podcast. We are gonna get an Austin Hartsfield four minute national anthem. Let's I want you, go. I want you to be the bathtub. And the national anthem to be Whitney Houston. I want you to murder that bitch. Yeah, I want good. you to I mean, definitely come down there. I'll just Lee Harvey Oswald the shit out of it. Like, that's well, fine. That's we'll just, fine. I won't do it by myself either. That's just fine. like Lee Harvey Oswald. Whit- Whitney Houston's national anthem is no more. We will never no speak of it. It'll be the Austin Hartsfield national anthem. So, so we heard it here first. We've got it going. If it gets done, if it gets in between three fifty to four ten. I'm going to make that donation to Austin's charity, whichever one he wants. But before we uh, end this show, because we ended it on a high. I love that. I love the national anthem thing. Damn right. Super Bowl predictions. Gio, I already know your Super Bowl prediction. I'm just going to ask you, and I'm going to give you like 10 seconds to give me a reason why the Whams are going to win the Super Bowl. It's destiny. It's coming full circle. 2001, the Patriots upset the Rams. It's going to come full circle. We're going to end the dynasty. We're going to save everyone from terror. And Sean McVay is going to get his first Super Bowl win. And there are several people that after we win, I would like to thank. Well, I'm probably not going to let you thank them on this show, but that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Let's Let's just say this way. This is not the best Super Bowl team the Rams have had. So I don't, I'm going to just, just leave it at that. The Rams winning. 30 to 24. 30 24. Austin. We just said it was going to be fucking high scoring. You said 30 to 24. <laughs> I changed my mind uh, during the show. <laughs> how, how, how the hell is Tom Brady going to have two touchdowns or three touchdowns or whatever the hell? How are you going to put all this together? I feel like nothing adds up. No, it doesn't. All right. Well, so he, here, he just, let me, let me, let me break this down for you. Sounds. I, I just want to let people know in this in the city of Los Angeles that you do not deserve the Super Bowl because you have countlessly amount of times just robbed teams of their of their teams, whether whether it be the Raiders, whether it be the St. Louis Rams. I mean, you just steal people's star players. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. I could do this forever. Uh, I personally hope, and this is uh, this is you know nothing against anybody else, but just the fact that I think Tom Brady's the goat, and I think this one shuts everybody up. I personally hope that the the Pats win by more than ten. Uh, I'm gonna go with an eerie kind of a mirror of what happened last year. I actually think it's going to be something around 31, 41, 31. Let's go with that. Nice. Nice. Okay. And for my Super Bowl prediction, I've seen it before. I will see it again. 
At halftime, it will be 28-3 to Rams over the Patriots. God, I hope so. And then come third quarter, come fourth quarter, the Patriots end up winning. And I'm taking the Patriots to win 38-30. to I just want Gio to feel the pain that I felt. 38-31. I just want Gio to feel the pain that I felt whenever Tracy Porter took that pick back in when we played the saints. It is the most demoralizing thing in your entire life. As you watch your super bowl hopes run away from you as your big four headed quarterback sits there and tries to run him down. No, no. I want Gio to experience the non Vaseline, non lube ass raping. The Falcons got in the super bowl wow. against Tom Brady because I will never forget that. Matt Matt Ryan, I hope you fucking break a knee. Um, I will never forget that Super Bowl as it was the second time in my lifetime that my heart was ripped out of my chest, stomped. And I'm not even talking about I'm not even talking about ex girlfriends. on it. I'm not even talking about ex girlfriends. I'm talking the quote, you know, it's so fucking bad that we can't even have Chick fil A open in our own stadium. That's true. That's true. To quote, uh, to quote another great Brady, Cam Brady, Will Ferrell's character from the campaign, welcome to the fucking show. <laughs> Brody, can sure. I ask a question? During yeah. that Super Bowl, because I have a friend who's a Falcons fan as well, and during halftime, what what was your feeling like when, obviously, the Falcons... I know what mine was. My feeling at halftime was it's not over. Yep, if Tom Brady's on that other sideline. I I was not, and you can ask my wife, I did not celebrate the entire game, and I would not have celebrated the entire game until that fucking clock was double, was what, triple or quadruple zeros, and it was in the fourth quarter. I knew for a fact if there was a little bit of time, that's enough time to give Tom Brady the chance to win a Super Bowl. So he was calling me, he says, hey, how about those Falcons? And I said, bro, when the game's not over, he's like, it's over. No. no. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, he probably had his heart literally ripped out from his chest about 20 times. He does. He no longer exists. <laughs> yeah. My, I, I, you know, I, I just, I've never recovered from that Super Bowl. I thought I would be okay after the, uh, you know, the Dan Reeves Super Bowl appearance. But I never even got back to that. I mean, you would look so fucking long to get to the next Super Bowl and to leave it in the hands of, you know, I can't even say shitty coach. Matty Ice, let's go. It's just Matt Ryan made the fucking dumbest decisions and he completely has zero balls. I mean, when it comes to, you know, making a change of the fucking line, you, you know what you're running. They know what you're running. Change the goddamn play. Tell your coach, you know what? Hey, fuck you. I'm going to run something because you're calling bullshit stuff right now. Who the fuck wants... I saw so many fucking screen passes that game in the second half that it made no fucking sense. You didn't want to throw the ball downfield. Then when you ran the ball, you wanted to run it just right through the fucking trenches. What are you fucking doing? I mean, I can't even get started on it because the Falcons are not going to make the Super Bowl for another like 10 years. So I'm not even worried about it anymore, but... You know my Super Bowl MVP prediction. I had Sonny Michelle at two touchdowns, buck and a half. I think Austin said he's going with Sonny Michelle for the Super Bowl MVP. 
Yeah, and a little, like a little long shot if you want to sprinkle a little bit of money. Uh, James Devlin. Wow. Rack it up. Put some money on James Devlin. That's for damn sure. Gio, are you going with Sonny Michelle? Because, I mean, you may as well make it 3-0 on the MVP talk. I'm going with California Cool, Jared Goff, to get MVP. I, I would I would have taken Cooper Cup before Jared Goff. In this wheelchair? Oh, man. You know, I, I'm hoping for a great win, but if it doesn't happen, you know, it was a great season. and. Uh, well, I'm going to just say to – to uh. To end the show, I'm just going to go out on the limb and fuck the limb. I'm going to go out and just say it. I'm going to park the fucking sign in the front yard. I'm going to put it on Twitter. I'm going to put it on Facebook. For Geo, Coach Geo, and for Austin Hartsfield, the Radar the radar Sportscast, we're going to end this with a uh, quick shout-out to a bunch of people. But first, before and most, I'm going to say rest in peace, Rams. Whoa. Season is over. Rest in peace, Rams already, Rudy? I've said it. I've said it. The Rams win. I'll make the national anthem five minutes. Oh, shit. Five minutes. Okay. Now I'm kind of rooting for the Rams because I don't, I know there's no way you can get a five minute national anthem. (laughs) You're going to have to hit that and the home for like a good solid minute and a half. I'm thinking. I, I literally, I've already dug this hole. I might as well dig it to China. All right, so okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna scratch the rest in peace Rams in. I'm just gonna God say man. I hope it's I hope it's a good Super Bowl, and whether the Rams win or they don't win, we're getting a four minute national anthem or a five minute national anthem. I gotta look up awesome the lyrics. Oh I'm sure God. that I'll be getting trolled by everybody on my Facebook. Probably so, and I'm sure I'm sure Brenda Brenda Lee is gonna be the first one to chomp. No, at your Joe Joe Garcia. It's, oh, Joe, it's yeah. probably going to be the first. <laughs> He's probably going to show Jonathan as well because Jonathan's a big Rams fan. Yeah, no, that that I can see that happening. So, um, I guess before we go, I one last question. Joe is asking me to ask both of you guys. Uh, normally, we talk a dirty segment on this show. Uh, it's not a gas chamber segment because I this is a Super Bowl extravaganza show here. But Joe Joe has this thing for Honey Boo Boo's mom when she was fat. And then he's got his thing for Sarah Sanders now. And he wanted to know, you know, I guess if one of them had to sit on your face, which one would you rather have sitting on your face? Uh, Gio, answer this one first because I'm counting (laughs) the words in the national anthem. Oh, God. (laughs) Uh, Well, I mean, listen, you take the lesser two evils here and I'm going to go with Sarah Sanders. Though Joe was very surprised (laughs) as if Joe would have went with Hunt Boo So. Well, no, I mean, I I would have to say Sarah Sanders because I would think her ass doesn't smell that bad. I mean, she's she's there's not like know, old and shit in there. Like, yeah, okay. Like, like, so. it, here's where it counts. Sarah Sanders, if you take because he was talking about Honey Boo Boo when when she was obesely, you know, obese big time, way overweight. You got to take only one factor in to the entire conversation. Sarah Sanders can wipe her ass. That's it. Knowing that fact that Sarah Sanders can wipe her ass, she can put her face, I mean, her ass in my face. That's fine. That's why I'd go with Sarah Sanders. I'm feeling more I, confident about this as I count these words. Are you serious? Are you talking, okay, 
I mean, I, I'm not gonna... even out of the first like verse, and we've already at, we're already at like forty eight words. Uh, I can uh, do this. All right. Well, I mean, that's we're gonna we're gonna have fun with this. That's for damn sure. I'm just trying to figure out we we're gonna do this live, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So we're doing it on a live show of the sportscast. So before we go, Gio, where can everybody reach you at? They can find me on Twitter, Coach Gio fifty six, and uh, you can also find me on Two Shots Podcast as well. Will they be Will they be able to find you after Sunday? Probs done. <laughs> Listen, after every Rams loss, after every Georgia Bulldog loss, and after every Spurs Finals loss in the past, I've always been available. So I'll be available, and I'll probably troll myself first, so that way. I don't give anybody the opportunity to really hurt me. So there was only one Spurs finals loss. I mean, it wasn't that bad. I mean, I know it was a horrible loss, but and I love Ray Allen for it too. Game six was pretty bad, Rudy. (laughs) Yeah, no, I know. I know. Austin, uh, uh, Austin, where can everybody find you at? Uh, Hartsfield MLB on Twitter, Austin Hartsfield on Facebook. If you think we're friends, uh, and painting quarters podcast, pretty much anything that you can think of baseball wise. We got, uh, guests from the Washington post, uh, the athletic, the St. Louis post dispatch, uh, Philly's pitcher Cole Irvin will be on every episode because he won't leave me alone. So, I mean, uh, yeah, he might be teammates with Bryce Harper sometime within the next couple months. So I guess we got to be nice to him. That would be awesome. I'm I'm gonna hit you up for an autograph on that if that happens. Um, hey, but for everyone at the Two Shots Network, you've got the Two Shots Podcast with Joe Garcia. You've got the Radar Spots uh, Sports Cast with me, Rudy Campos Jr. With a lot of guests that I have, I have Austin, Geo, a few other people that are joining from time to time. Uh, you've also got again Austin Hartsfield Painting Corners Podcast, Geo. Always a part of the network. We also got live from the 815 uh, with Colton and the boys. That is a fucking blast. That's about every time you hear that show. All these shows, uh, most of these shows you can actually find now on Anchor. I know Joe's saying that you can find uh, the two shots on iHeart as well. So we've got a lot of stuff going. Uh, we've also got other members, uh, Carolina Teague. She's trying to get her podcast up and going. Also, Brenda Lee Gonzalez, the biggest Saints fan we know. She's a part of the Two Shots Network. Among every other person who's joining us on the network, we appreciate you. And thanks for listening to the uh, Two Shots Network and also to the Rated R Sportscast. This is the Super Bowl show. Hope you had fun. Austin, please, please take care of those vocal cords because I really want to hear this national anthem. So for myself. It's going to be better than Fergie's. (laughs) Oh, my God, dude. I can fart the national anthem better than Fergie can sing it. We might so auto this hoe. <laughs> so for myself, Rudy Campos Jr., for Austin Hartsfield, and for Gio, and also for producer Joe Garcia, this is the Radar Sportscast signing off. Good luck this weekend for everybody that has Super Bowl pots. Go Patriots. Rest in peace, Rams. Peace.